Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a special episode of the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by True Products. Head on over to True Products. That's truproducts.com and enter the promo code TRUETFO. That's T-R-U-T-F-O to receive a 50% discount on any purchased items in the store. On this podcast, we have the co-founder, Brandon Crowley of the Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge, along with North Dakota Chapter Lead for the Fallen Outdoors, Joel Campbell. We hope you guys enjoy the episode, some great content. What the Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge is doing uh, for the hunting waterfowl community is amazing. Every membership, they donate 10% back to the Fallen Outdoors, so we truly appreciate that. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode and be sure to share with your friends. Thanks. Brandon, if you just go ahead and introduce yourself and what it is you do with the Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge. Absolutely. Well, my name is Brandon Crowley. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of the UWC or the Ultimate Waterfowlers Challenge, as you've probably seen it on Facebook and Instagram and throughout the different social media platforms. My partner, Dan Wenderlin, um, he was the initial founder of the of the program that we put together and I was more of kind of the marketing behind it and the web development and that side of the things. So we both do a lot in the day-to-day operations. We have a staff of uh, three people now. Um, we have a couple guys that help with shipping of products, membership, um, anything else in kind of that, that realm of things. We also have a guy that handles all the bird submissions, all the submissions that come through for every time somebody submits a bird. Um, his name is Alex, so you probably have seen him for people that are members of the challenge with uh, your species submissions that come back to him. Um, and then we have another guy, Joe Mahler, actually works with uh, some of the promotions and stuff of our hunts and, and some of the other things that we do. So that's kind of a little bit about um, the background of the challenge and who I am. Um, we, you know, the challenge started in 2014. You know, the goal behind the challenge was relatively what Dan Winterland had in place was you know, the turkey hunters have, um, they have their record books. The big game hunters have their record books as well with the, the grand slam with the turkey hunting. Um, and then a lot of other record books throughout there, but there's nothing for the waterfall. Like SCI came out with something, but not a lot of people really got involved. Um, and it was really kind of cloudy and the kind of the program they were offering. Um, we love SCI, but we really wanted to take our program to a different level. Um, so we started the ultimate waterfallers challenge. Nobody actually even declared how many species are in North America until Dan and I basically put together that there's 41 huntable species oh, wow. um, that we could, you know, that you can actually target. So there's a lot of different variations and subspecies of, you know, in the, the Canada geese and some of the other birds as well. Um, but for actually us being able to identify what comes in um, with pictures and then being able to register those species for each person, we are the one who created, you know, the 41. There, there's nobody else above it and we've actually trademarked it too. So how how did you guys how did that whole process come about do you guys work with like um biologists to determine how you differentiate the different kinds of species is it just from sheer waterfowl experience you just have so much experience hunting you can kind of do that thing on your own um how 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 did that process of the 41 come to be 
Um, actually, you know, a lot of it was tied with biologists. That's where we got a lot of our information from. Um, and then we did a lot of searching throughout the internet. We talked to a lot of different outfitters in different places. Um, but most of it came through, uh, a handful of biologists that we worked with and we continue to work with, um, on bird identification when we have specific birds that come in for members that if they don't know what they are, or if it's a, uh, hybrid or subspecies or whatever you have it, um, you know, biologists are by far, you know, the best people to work with in that realm. And that's what we've always worked with from the beginning. Okay. So before we get too far off the UWC membership stuff, how many current members are part of the UWC? Do you know? I think we're a little over about 2,300 right now. I don't have the exact, wow. number, but yeah, it's, it's, it's grown quite a bit. Um, you know, our goal is, you know, obviously wanting to get to 5,000, then 10,000, and then, you know, continue growing from there. Uh, but, you know, it's really taken off and it's really a quality hunters program that we have to a lot of the people we have are they're trophy hunting. You're coming down, you're looking for a specific bird. Um, you're not looking to stack a pile of birds up. You're, you're targeting that specific species. And we know a lot of people will go out on hunts and won't even pull the trigger because that species never came in. Um, or it did and they shot the one and that was it. It's, it's literally turning your waterfall hunting into almost a big game hunt, um, where you're really targeting, um, that specific species you're looking for to check off on the challenge. Okay. And membership cost and benefits of being a member for UWC, how does that look? Yep, absolutely. So we have two different membership programs with the North American Waterfall Grand Slam. Um, we have a standard membership that is $200. Um, now it's on sale for 150. And then we have a gold membership um, that is normally, let's see, I have to pull it because we're running a special on it right now, actually at this moment. It's normally 599 and we have it for 499 right now. Um, the difference between the two packages is the gold membership comes with a parka jacket. Um, it's usually our guardian line or our sea duck line um, jacket that's in there. So you're getting a jacket that's usually retails around 200 or $225. Um, and then also all your bird species submissions are included with that too. So that's included in that package. You know, the value of the packages that we bring is this is a one-time lifetime membership. So there's no reoccurring fees. Once you basically join the challenge, you're with us forever. So you're part of the membership. You're not, you know, a lot of these other organizations be part of them have, you know, ongoing reoccurring fees, depending on what you want to do with your level of membership. So the value of ours is you pay it one time. Um, if you were to add up the, you know, basically the value of what you're paying, that basically covers all the items that are in the package. So it's almost putting together a retail package all into one. Um, you know, and they're, like I said, the real, the biggest value you're getting out of this is we're not calling you asking for a credit card every 12 months or two years or whatever you sign up for. So there, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. The annual lifetime membership fee is pretty cool. You know, not having to worry about renewing membership and stuff like that, like Pheasants Forever does or whatever, whatever organization you belong to that, that helps. So Joel, um, are you are you a UWC member? Or are you just like here, kind of hanging out, man? I am a member. Okay. Yeah, I'm. At- How'd you find out about the Ultimate Waterfowl Challenge? I found out. I would have to say, I found out through Eric Bakken, I believe. I think he uh, was talking about it um, before I was heading out 
uh, to Washington to uh, hunt for a week. And he's like, you got to get in on this. Like it's a lot of fun. It makes hunting a whole new level. Um, you got to start all over. So whatever you shot in the past 25 years doesn't matter, but it's just that much more fun. So I was like, I'm game. So I came out and sure enough, there's Crowley coming in and he's on his like last two birds. And Damn. he, uh, yeah, he kind of, uh, poached my vacation a little bit. We, <laughs> we, we allowed it cause he really wanted to get that red breasted McGanzer like really bad. So I was like, all right, I'm game for that, but I'm going to, you're going to owe me for this one. But I ended up. Yeah. So you, what's that? You, you shot all the birds. He didn't want to shoot. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, all yeah. over. he was like literally two away and the challenge is done i started all over during that trip with eric and justin boardman and i slayed like 11 just that first like few days and i started my challenge from there and i think i'm at like i don't know like 22 now brandon do you guys keep a record of um i guess where current members sit or how do you guys track yeah. Is it is it on the member themselves to keep that up to date? Do you guys keep that database? There's two items. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to add that I left out on the value of our packages, 10% of our proceeds do go back to the Fallen Outdoors too on our, on our packages, okay. our membership kits. So I, I left that out and that's obviously very, very important. Um, so just keep that in mind too. And we can talk about that a little bit further in, but um, how we track our members data. So we have two options um, that we do both of them. One, when you submit all your information and in with your species off of our website, we have a large, large database that has all your pictures, um, your data, your submission, how many species that um, we keep all that in one spot on our internal side. All right. Second, if you go to our website and go the UWC.com, click on members, all of our members are listed right there um, with their number of specific species. So when they're at one through 15, we don't actually post their species list, but once they hit that benchmark of that 15, I, I, excuse me, one through 14, once they hit that benchmark at 15, we start recording all their species and they're listed right on the website. So as they're hitting those different levels, um, they're getting new recognition, they're getting different plaques. Um, and then once they get to the end, they're basically getting the big trophy. It costs it, that trophy costs us, I think $475 to make. So they're getting, you know, you need a one of a kind, um, you know, basically it's, a beauty. it's the Stanley cup. Yeah, bird trophy. It, it's definitely the Stanley <laughs> cup of hunting trophies. That's for sure. And I don't know how many hunting awesome. trophies are out there, but this yeah. is, uh, this one is high up there. So, all of our information is posted right there on the site for the members. Um, it's, it's kind of a nice database because if you're looking for a specific person or whatever, we put the initials of the state there in there too. So, you know, a lot of these guys um, on our private Facebook group page that we have, a lot of them will kind of conversate with each other back and forth and, uh, you know, talk about, you know, different species they're looking to target and share pictures from their hunts and, you know, a little bit of bragging about, hitting some of these unicorn birds that are harder than others, uh, quotation marks, I guess you could say the red breasted Braganzer for myself. Everybody's got one. That's the one thing we've learned from this challenge. You always have that one bird. Um, He's 100% accurate. I got to make a correction. I met Crowley at Game Fair. That's what it was. And Bakken was in town, seeing family. I met up at Game Fair. He said, hey, I'm going out to this buddy's house. They have a big barbecue, a bunch of TFO members are coming out. You got to come out. And I was like, I don't want to intrude. I don't know him. He's like, no, I guarantee. Super nice kid. Like, you'll have a great time. I'm like, all right. So I, after I finished working at the Beaver Tail booth, hopped in my truck, rolled into Crowley's brand new house, 
beautiful house. And it, it was <laughs> welcoming, like him and his wife were the most welcoming people ever. It was like part of the family. Great dinner, bonfire, great conversation. Probably one of the best times I, I've had uh, during Game Fruit. That's how I met Crowley. And then the, and then short, shortly after, we met up later in Washington. <clears throat> yeah, I was looking through the member list, and when you mentioned the 10% off for membership fees for TFO, there's a shitload of TFO people on that list, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, all the UWs. Like, when, when Dan and I started this, we didn't know anything about TFO. We didn't know any members or whatever, you know, that's we love you guys organization being we don't need you know we necessarily haven't been part of any other organization because we want to be part of the vets i mean there's so many things you can give money to and and raise support and stuff but there's just not enough that goes back to vets and taking vets hunting is phenomenal and and duck hunting is a you know it's a very easy sport to be able to take you know veterans hunting on because yeah there's skill to it but it's not like you're going up in the mountains to shoot a big elk or something else i mean you can get these guys in the boat you know it's just like fishing get them in the boat get them out there and and get them in place and let them do what they love to do is hunt so it's been you know a real honor on our hands just being part of tfo it's been it's great we love that organization so they've been a huge supporter of tfo since i started and the the membership uh, the relationship that we've developed has just grown and gotten bigger and bigger and better over the years. I'm always uh, thrilled to come down for their their banquet they host. Uh, I'll bring my guys down and and we'll work it, and then they help uh, donate a portion of that to our chapter, and then National gets some. It's just a great weekend. He has a great crew, and we love all those guys. They treat everybody with such such respect, and it's just a great feel like uh, family oriented type of uh, weekend. It's a lot of fun. When is um when and where is though is is it one banquet you guys do a year i think i saw yep yeah so we have our yearly banquet this year it's scheduled for april 30th and may 1st pending governor goofy in minnesota (laughs) what else you want to call him or plenty of people that love him and you know we're just kind of stuck in the middle but right now everything's on you know they say i don't know what the you know we're we're tied to the holiday inn and then we're tied to the horse and hunt club obviously they have to give us the green light they said everything's looking good for it we've sold a lot of tickets already we're continuing to sell more tickets so we're really hoping the banquet can go on but it's by far one of the best you know banquets you know next to the tfo banquets because i know you guys have a lot of people that show up for those uh, more than we do but you know we're usually around 200 250 for this one and it's a two-day deal um that you, wow. know, you, go, you actually have two different dinners um we have over fifty thousand dollars in raffle prizes with guns and decoys wow. and carved decoys all kinds of different great stuff that waterfallers love it's not junk you know it's it's really nice stuff that we give away and we really take a lot of pride in what we put in there and then on day two on saturday you actually start um with a clay target shoot over at um the horse and hunt club that we end up giving away a gun to the winner and trophies and everything else. And then we do another, I think, oh, yeah. but $7,500 worth of giveaways, um, raffle giveaways at that followed by a pig roast. And once we get done with that pig roast, we go back, everybody go back, you go back to the hotel. Everybody takes a couple hours off for relaxation. And then we have our, you know, our blowout banquet for the night where that's a big prime rib dinner. And that's where, you know, I think about what 40,000 out of the $50,000 items get raffled off. And then all our, 
top members that have hit their their different levels, like our grandmaster waterfall hunters that have completed the challenge. They'll be presented on stage um, with their trophies and and they'll talk a little bit. Um, and then, you know, obviously some of our other levels too are, are shown there as well. So it's a really cool event with a lot of great stuff that we would do and give away. So. One thing, yeah, let's go over the guys that fly just- all over the country. So it's a nationwide banquet. Where where is it? Uh, Lakeville, Minnesota. So it's uh, okay. just south of Minneapolis Airport. Basically, you fly into fly into Minneapolis, and then you got a uh, about a half hour drive or a forty five minute drive. Oh, you Minnesota boys, dude! <laughs> they yeah. mid- Midwest waterfowl luau, dude. I think our next spot should be Texas. Everything's great in Texas from everything I've been hearing lately. And, and it's bigger. And we, we, and we have a ton of members out of Texas, too. We absolutely love that state. You know, we do a lot. The waterfalling is huge. And when you got a state that size of half of America, you obviously got to love it. But, uh, you know, for the meantime, <laughs> with David and I being, being raised here in Minnesota, we've, uh, we, we have it in Minnesota. It's kind of a good central location, too, for guys coming from both sides of the uh, country, too. So, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, you touched on uh, you touched on the levels a little bit, and I think it'd be good to go over exactly when and how those levels are achieved within UWC. Yeah, absolutely. So there's four different levels of the challenge. Um, the first level you come in as a journeyman, so that's you basically are signing up. You're going to get your certificate. You're going to get a little member ID card that you're going to take pictures with all your birds that you harvest. Um, and then you're also going to get your hat, your T-shirt, and a few other uh, goodies in your welcome kit as well. Um, your next level is going to be when you hit, um, after you've submitted up to 15 species, you can submit one on day five, one on day 12, one on whenever. Maybe it's 10 years out or you can join and submit 10 the next day or whatever when you shot them. Um, it's just, it's key that you've shot them, you know, after you've received your card or you're signed up. We do allow you to grandfather in three previously harvested species. So say you've harvested 30 species on the hunt uh, or on your days of hunting before joining the challenge, we want you to take the three that were the hardest, you know, obviously are the ones that cost the most money. Um, that you can take in there and and you can grandfather those in and then you can start, you know, basically from there. So your first benchmark is going to be when you hit 15 species. Um, You know, a lot of people have done it in a season. Some have taken longer than that. I guess it just really depends where you're located in the country. Um, And that's going to be called your certified master. Um, Certified master elite is going to be your second benchmark. That's when you hit 30 species. Um, you're going to get plaques at both of these. So keep in mind, you're going to get a nice plaque on the first spot. And then the second spot, you're basically going to get a custom plaque that we put your picture and your species list on. Um, and then include your waterfall ID number and then your start day as well. And then once you make that big leap and you get to all 41, um, that's when you hit the Grandmaster Waterfall Hunter level. And that's 40. That's all 41 species. Um, and keep in mind, this is all drakes too. So we made it even I guess you could say we doubled or tripled how hard it was from the beginning. No hens are are allowed basically part of the challenge, so we don't accept these. So it's all drakes. We're really practicing on people shooting drakes, and uh, you know it, it takes some work. And I, I've I've been a victim of that when we get into this red-breasted merganser uh, story. <laughs> I'll tell you how many hens I ended up killing that. I was praying one of them was just an immature drake or a young drake, and it didn't happen to be so.
And that, that's two levels, right? Or did you go through all four? I went all, all four. There's basically three, and then there's the journeyman when you start. So you go okay, all right, master, all right. your master elite, and then your grandmaster waterfall at the end. Hey, identifying identifying birds. I'm assuming you use your ID card, place it by the bird. I think I saw a video on YouTube on your guys' YouTube channel, uh, UWC Adventures. I think is what it is. Yep. Um, he had a video on how to identify it. Now, is it honor system that you shot that bird? Obviously, it is. You guys don't use anything like a Tourney X does, where you like require location, anything like that. Is, no. Is, you know, everything's just on the honor system. You know, hunting has a lot of honor system built into it. Obviously, it's very easy to go out and break the law in hunting. <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, you're on the honor system out there. And that's just how this is, too. So it's, uh, you know, staying true to your word that you shot that bird and you harvested it. And then, you know, basically taking your picture with the bird, holding the bird with the card is one of the pictures that we require. And then the second one is having the bird you know, laying on the ground or laying on a table or whatever with your card next to it. And then we usually like you to spread the wing out. So if we need to see any additional identification on maybe if the bird's immature or if it's a, a younger bird um, so that we can identify, especially with the, with the greater and lesser scops, there's a few of them in there that are, uh, that can be, you know, really tough to tell apart. So and I should mention there are a few birds too, like the black duck that will take either sex because it's hard to identify from pictures and stuff on that. Um, so I guess you could say technically it's not all drakes, but you know, for the most part, what we can identify is, you know, based off how this challenge was created. Joel, how many have you shot? I think I stopped and just kind of gave it a rest at like 22. Okay. So you got two plaques. It's 20. What what was the second level? It's the second one. I have one big one and I'm almost at the other, uh, the other one. Is there, is there any states, is there, I was going to ask if there's a, an easy state to start in. Like if someone's in that state well, and like they Joel, hear this. Joel lives in one and the other one's Washington. I think we counted in, in North Dakota that you could, I think it was like 26 or 27 species. Um, wow. And then Washington with the sea ducks, you can be up in the thirties. Like when Eric Bakken joined, the challenge. He was one of our first people who joined, and that's how we got in, introduced to TFO. Um, he went out and he cried. He was way like if this was a horse race, he was ten lengths away from you know winning this whole thing. Um, before wow. you know, he ran into obviously running TFO and being busy, but he was like, I think he was up to like thirty three in like three months. I'm going like, what is <laughs> going on? Like I don't know anything about Washington, but I think we need to get on a plane and get there right now. <laughs> This dude like submitting a bird every other day. I'm like, it was nuts. So it was cool to see it. And he was bragging too. He let he let me and Dan know about it a little bit. He's like, yeah, you guys might have been the first ones to finish, but I was the first one out of the gate at 15, 30 and, and get close to there. So he's really close. I think he's just down to a couple of birds. But the King Eider was one that he said was going to hold him up, which ended up working out. I think he got up there with Charlie and got his uh, King Eider. He got that one done. Florida, oh, yeah. he's got Florida, New Mexico. Yeah, well, we can get him down to Florida. We'll make that one work. So yeah, I tell you that one. Yeah, I was gonna... the thing is no exaggeration. But he's like, "You want to start over? Come out here. I'll take care of it." And I was like, "All right." Sure enough, fifteen three days. I was like, "Good mm-hmm. God, Washington has everything." We were hitting all the sea ducks, everything, and I was on my way to hopefully getting twenty. And then all of a sudden, Crowley has to come crash my party. And here we go at the Red Breast Merganser. 
Which, yeah, we got to dive into this, man. I want to find out how many of these hens did you kill? Right. Okay. So <laughs> red breast merganser, everybody laughs. Even at our first banquet, it's like, I think it was like national news in the waterfall world. It's like, oh, yeah. It was where all in the world did Brandon Crowley try to shoot a red breasted merganser? <laughs> Drake, not a hen, Drake. So it started out on the East Coast. We were in Massachusetts hunting with, uh, who was it? Uh, Ocean State Outfitters out there. He, Jer- Jeremiah, ran, runs a great shop and he hunted so hard for us. We hunted, I think, six days out there. And there's eight species. I think there's eight or nine. I think it's eight species that you can get out of Massachusetts out there with the sea ducks and stuff of what Dan and I were targeting. Well, after we can't, we stayed five or six days hunted, canceled our flights a bunch, stayed a couple more days hunting. Um, just to, we were like, we're not leaving until we get all the birds we want. So Jeremiah said, that's fine. I, I don't have hunters behind you, so I'll take you. So he took us out, um, crushed it. We got a bunch of birds. I shot um, the scoter slam on one day. So I got all three scoters. That was awesome. I had a really cool picture. Wow. And then with an old squaw that day too. So I had all four. I was just mesmerized. We shot our big common eiders, uh, our black ducks. I think there's a, one or two other ones in there. And then these red breasted mergansers were out on a spot um, out on the Cape, I believe on the Cape. Uh, this is probably three or four years ago probably longer, probably four years ago. We're out on the Cape. Common eiders are everywhere. Shooting our common eiders. we got beautiful birds for, you know, going home for the wall. Um, a merganser comes in and we can't tell. It's just, it's like 10 or 15 minutes after, you know, legal shooting time. So Dan shoots it and I'm going, I probably should have shot that bird. <laughs> and I'm like, these things are hard to find. The right, this, this is my first experience with these mergansers. And God knows that it was going to go on forever after that but he shoots they come in they pick it up with the boat because we're in layout boats and he uh he's like drake uh drake merganza i'm like no way i'm like that is crazy you got your (laughs) so like an hour goes by we we shot a few more birds here and there an hour goes by three um three mergansers are coming by the boat and i'm like dan's like i'm not shooting you got yours the guy yelled out there mergansers uh, specifically red-breasted mergansers. So I dump all three of them, three shots, all three <laughs> of them down. And I'm like, awesome. One of those definitely had to be a Drake, no doubt. Well, come to find out later down the road, I think, you know, with the common mergansers, they say it's usually 30 hens to one Drake. I don't know specifically what it is for the red-breasted mergansers, but it's probably up there. So I got to shoot 30 hens probably to get to the one Drake. So they go, they go and they pull those three out of the water and like we get towards the end of the hunt i'm like great we, we got everything we want we're getting on a plane we're out of here he's like we get in the boys like ah oh, man i got bad news for you i'm like you i don't want to hear bad news right now like i just i dropped three of them they were like they're pretty long shots too like we have them on camera so it was like 35 yards or whatever in the layout boats and wavy and stuff so they're good shots and dumped all three of them one shot each one he's like yeah here's your three hen Hen red breasted mergansers go out. I'm like, no way. They're like, what are those immature? Is that a young one in there? Let me check it. So I didn't get one there. And I went home. And this was like when I was midway through the challenge. And I, and I go on and I'm just, I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'll get that bird when I get towards the end. You know, maybe it'll just pop up on one of my random hunts that I'm on and I'll shoot one. Well, I'm starting to get real close to the end. I'm getting like 38, 39. I'm down to basically the king eider, and I think I needed a um, barrel's gold knife. That's why I went out with Bakken out there. 
And so I basically, I, I need those two and then the red breast or merganser. So Bakken's like, yeah, come on out here. We won't have no problem getting a barrel's golden eye. And then I was looking forward. I can end my, you know, my 41 on shooting the king eye or shooting the king. And uh, so we go out there. I shoot a barrels like in this day two or whatever. We had to find him. It took a little bit of work, but he had a great spot. Um, the next day we're like, we're just sitting in a spot and we're seeing Merganzers going by, but they're commons. Most of them are commons and not seeing any drakes. And then one comes by, I dump it. And it was another one. It was hard to tell what it is, you know, <laughs> tell if it's a drake or a hen. So I shoot it. He goes out. Like, I think he had Sarge with, he sends Sarge out to get it. He's like, oh, man, I hate that taste in my mouth from those Reganthers. He's like, better be a Drake. And uh, comes back, it's a hen. I'm like, God. So now I'm in, like, panic mode because I'm, le- I'm, le- I'm leaving for that King Eider trip, like, I don't know, two or three weeks. So I come home. I flew from Washington back to Minnesota. I tell my wife, I'm like, Honey, I gotta leave like tomorrow. I'm go and I'm not. I'm going to the East Coast now. I just got back from the West Coast. I'm gonna go out to Massachusetts Damn. and go out there and hunt. So I go out there and hunt. We ain't seeing oh, a Merganzer yeah. anyway. Outstanding woman ever. Oh yeah, she was. <laughs> she was. You know, you get crazy when you get in this challenge. I know a lot of people can relate to it. It's like it's hard to sleep. You're like, it's not about stacking those piles up anymore. It's about getting those species. And, and you know, it's why we've called it always a journey of a lifetime. Now a lot of people have done it in three, four years, but you know, there are other people that, you know, take their time and enjoy it as well. But so I get back to Minnesota. I told my wife, I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving. I got to go back out there. She's like, she's like, your dog's looking at you. And he's kind of pissed. You know, he's like, he's not going on all these hunts. He keeps seeing you grabbing the camel. You know, whenever I grab the orange for going uh, pheasant hunting or I grab that camel, he just goes berserk. And uh, so I go out there. The guy's like, guaranteed, man. I'm. It, this isn't Jeremiah. It's a different outfitter out there. He's like, guaranteed. I know where the red mat breasted Merganders are. We're going to get you one. You can come out for the day, hunt, and go home. I'm like, okay. So booking flights, you know, getting hotels, all this crap. I'm like, man, the price is going up on this one for sure. This this one specific bird. Go out there for three days. Don't even see one. Not a lot alone. Not shoot one, but don't see one. <laughs> So I get home and I'm like, I'm freaking out even more now. We're like, the days are counting down to going up to go King Eider hunting. And I go to my wife. I'm like, hey, uh, I got bad news. <laughs> She's like, if you come home without that bird, like this isn't going to work. And I'm like, so I get home. I'm like, yeah, I didn't get it. I got nothing. So she goes, Damn. I'm like, I got to go. I have Bakken calls. He's like, are you sending me a Facebook message? He's like, yeah, I got them out here. I know where they're at. Like, come on out. I think it might even been Traeger on this one. I think Bach was the first one. I went with Traeger. Traeger said, I know where they're at. We're going to go after them. So I'm like, hey, honey, I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> I'm leaving tomorrow, and I don't know how long I'm leaving for on this one. I'm like, I'm not leaving till I shoot one out there. So I get the point. I didn't even unpack my hunting stuff. I just, you know, it was wet. I took it out, let it dry off for the night, put it back in there in the morning get in the truck, go to the airport, get on the plane, go to Washington again. So I'm literally just cr- back and forth, back and forth across the country, having, having a lot of fun doing it, but it's, you know, it's getting frustrating. Get out there, Traeger and I, we run into like horrible weather. Like the sound is like out of control. It's not good weather. Like him and I drive all the way up to Washington. One of the nights we we're sleeping in his truck. We couldn't find a hotel that it was, I was like, I don't know what holiday it was, but it was a holiday that you don't think much of as far as uh, places being closed and everything was closed. So we sleep in his truck, we get up in the morning, it's like ripping like 50, 45 mile an hour through the sound. He's like, oh, the weather's saying it's supposed to get better. I'm like, we get out, I'm like, I don't think this is good. So we get out there, we get set up and like, 
We got into some nasty stuff. We didn't see any mergansers, unfortunately. This is like day three. I've already been there for two days and the weather was just bad. So we tried to force it. We're coming back in literally. We got so much water coming over in his boat that like the guns are laying on the floor. There's like four inches of water. They're just like, this was the funniest thing. The decoys are floating in the boat. I'm like, Trey, I don't think that's a good thing. He's looking back at me like white knuckle at it. And we're like trying to cruise around all these uh, beds they got for clams or whatever else they're pulling out of there. So we can't, you can't drive through them. You got to drive around. I'm like, Trey, we got to get like to land. Right? This is not good. Like he's, he, we're doing like five miles an hour just so we can keep the front of the boat up. So the waves ain't coming over the top of it. So we get back and Traeger's like, I think Traeger was like a little nervous about that. You guys have seen way more in your life than I have being in, you know, you guys being in the forces and stuff. And even that one, he's like, dude, we can't do this again. I was like, yeah. So we get back in the truck. We drive all the way back to his house. It's like two hours away. And I, I felt so bad because he was, you know, he really wanted to get me that bird. But I was like, hey, you gave everything you could, man. It's, it ain't your fault. And I appreciate you doing all this for me, too. So I, uh, I ended up going home um without the bird again so how many yeah how many home trips is that now three yeah three i mean no, there's two plane trips yeah two two plane trips, in plane plane tri- yeah there's like at, well you know back and forth and then you got to fly to some of the smaller airports before you get to the big one too and <laughs> i don't know it was a lot and it, you know i started racking up this talent i'm like how much is this bird gonna cost and people are laughing because they know like after I've told my story and seen it, people have gone out and said, man, I know exactly where you get a red breast and again. I can go get one tomorrow if I needed to get one. So that's why we've always said like, you know, Dan, my partner's, his bird of choice that was the hardest for him was trying to get a Drake gadwall. And it's like, there's gadwalls everywhere. Usually if you can find oh, wow. North Dakota and stuff. So everybody kind of has that bird when you get t- down to the end, that's like, yeah, I spent the most and I, I went through the most trouble for that. So with that, it ended up happening. I went up, did my king eider hunt, had a great king eider hunt, got our king eiders. I actually was up there when the weather was like the nicest it's ever been. For some reason, it was like hitting 40, 50 uh, degrees and no wind. And Tides yeah. had turned in yeah. chase for the red-breasted merganser. <laughs> so, but I, on that king eider hunt, there was no mergansers up there. So I got back in. <laughs> So I'm literally going to end my challenge on a red breast of Merganser. So I have to wait a full year to go to Cold Bay. And I went to Damn. Cold Bay and uh, it was Merganser Boulevard up there. Like they were everywhere. It was like one morning we weren't able to get out Sea Duck Hunt. And he's like, hey, we're going to go finish your challenge. And I'm like, really? It's like, it's like ripping 70 mile an hour winds. And they're just coming over this back side. And we're basically hunting this pond. I guess or a lagoon, if you want to call it, that was off of kind of the main ocean. And we're in this pinch spot and they're literally just flying through everywhere. So one comes through, I smoke it. It, it, it was dead, but that wind that's coming over the back of us over the top, it's like, it's literally like 65, 70 miles off. So that thing hits the water and it's just gone. Luckily, Brandon Miller was <laughs> there. He was the one that I finished it with. He's got his dog and his dog's like swimming as hard as he can. And I'm going, I hope that bird doesn't start diving because that's what mergansers are famous for is diving. And fortunately it was dead. So that he got the bird back. I'm just screaming. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, it's finally over. You know, it's 70 mile an hour winds. We're out in the middle of nowhere in Cold Bay. People don't know what the hell we're, we're screaming about and excited, but we got the bird back. We got back to lodge. We started making some cocktails, celebrating excitement. And, uh, that was kind of the day, but yeah, I think I might be one of the only people that'll ever end this challenge on a red-breasted merganser when it when it's when it's all said and done. So, the curse of the red-breasted merganser, yeah. dude. And I'm telling you, like, okay, so I, I, how, I, how long 
how long did it take you to to complete 41? I think it took not. Me, yeah, I think it took me three and a half years. And Dan was right and around. One year of that was just chasing. Yeah, chasing that last that wait. one bird. Yeah, waiting for that last <laughs> one. So thirty-three percent, if you want to look at that, or thirty percent of my hunts was literally chasing one bird. And then, like I was gonna say, I added it up like far as expenses and stuff. I think that bird ended up costing me like over twenty thousand dollars after it was all said and done. Oh my god! All the, you know, between the paying outfitters, yeah, yeah, hotel, you know, plane tickets, all that stuff. Like, yeah, he's like, start because Dan challenged. He's like, start adding that up because, like, when we got to the bank, he's like, try to add up what you think that bird cost you. So that bird by itself was north of twenty grand, I think, after I was said and done. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was so funny. Like, it was, it was just, it was crazy once it was over. But yeah, it was, it was the laughing stock a little bit there for a while. It was like. Where in the world is Brandon Crowley chasing a red-breasted Drake Merganzer? I guess more than anything, but everybody's got their. Hey, stories. when you guys go ahead, yeah, when you guys do the uh, the trophy giveaway after forty-one, is it the same trophy everybody gets, or do you custom make it to where the last bird they killed is on top, or something like that? Do you guys, how, what? I so, guess, yeah, absolutely. We uh, so. All of our trophies come with a King Eider custom decoy on top of it. Okay. So we've really. So the goal for you was to end the 41 with a King Eider. Well, here we go. You want to hear another story on this? So Dan tells me, <laughs> yeah. Dan tries to pull a fast one on me. So he talks to the carver who we get all our decoys for that go on the top of these, on top of these. That's what I was going to ask, man. If it's, all custom, it's all custom. It's all custom. Everything we put on with us. After he gave me my trophy, he like pulled me aside. He's like, I didn't want to mess with you too bad, but I talked to the carver about putting a red breast and merganser on top Hell of the yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I think I would have like cried laughing if you did that. But yeah, that's a one of a kind trophy, bird. dude. That's you know, I'm not big into mounting merganders. I mounted like pretty much every other bird other than maybe the scoters and some of the other ones that you know don't have the most color to them. But the uh when it came down to it, if that bird the bird was in really bad shape, the dog bit it up pretty good and then I shot it. I shot that thing till I made sure it was dead. I think I shot it again after it hit the water and it was dead too. So it wasn't good enough to uh, mount, but I haven't shot another one since then. So it was literally my unicorn. Like I've never even seen one um, since then. Wow. And I've been on some sea duck hunts and stuff too. So it's uh, that was literally my one and done of that bird, I guess, until maybe another one comes by in another day. So do you guys have like a wall of fame on your webpage for like the most expensive bird? Do you guys well, have like some kind of fun? expensive bird that's kind of under the table talk as far as that. But right. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk <laughs> yeah. about that at the uh, banquets too, like the seating arrangement stuff. We try to put guys together all over the country with, um, and they talk about that and joke and stuff too. But, you know, we do like to highlight hybrids when people have specific hybrids. You can register those with our with our uh, website and with our program too. So, and we give credit for that. We'll give you, we'll count that um, towards a challenge, but it doesn't count towards a 41. Obviously, you got to have your, your 41 before you hit, before, you know, with those not counting. Um, but it is, uh, there's some crazy hybrids. Like you wouldn't believe some of these hybrids you see. And you should see like our, our guy, Alex, who's part of our staff, handles all the bird submissions. Now, I used to handle them for about the first two years and then kind of moved up more into the marketing full-time role, and he handles all that. But 
there is some crazy, crazy species that we see come in and different hybrids and different mixes. And that, you know, that's why we do have biologists on our staff that can identify birds or look at birds based off the pictures and be able to tell you what that is without actually taking yeah, it. Yeah, that's got to be or whatever. That's got to be fun to look at. Do you guys publish those pictures? Like, do you have to ask permission from the people that submit them or yeah, we don't some publish, of those hybrids? That yeah, we don't publish kind? anything. You know, if we do get some unique ones, we will post them through our social media and stuff, too, with permission. But, you know, what people hunt and harvest that's on them, you know, it's just our job to keep track of it and uh, take it from there. We do get some funny questions every now and then and stuff, too, on different birds that come in. And they look, you know, they look like a completely different bird, but in the end, they're a hen or whatever else, too. But, uh, yeah, the submissions are fun. It's uh, it's fun engaging with people on, you know, we'll get emails saying, hey, we, we're going on a big hunt this weekend. Can you make sure you get us our cards, our ID card and everything else and, and uh, put that in a place and, you know, hearing about all these different trips, it's it's cool because, you know, you only think of what you know about, but when you start hearing it from everybody else, the trips and stuff they're doing, it's uh, cool to hear where people are killing birds. And and, and UW, UWC as a whole, um, this challenge is a DIY geared challenge, right? Yeah. Like, so you're out there trying to harvest these for yourself. Um, obviously you guys have a closed Facebook group, so I'm sure there's exchange back and forth between members on there for tips and trades. But for the most part, you guys leave it to the hunters themselves to go out and make their own journey on the chase for the 41. Yep. That's a great kind of thing that you segmented into. So we started a second company actually called UWC adventures. So, that was the question we're getting. You know, there's a lot of these guys are from specific states where they can't harvest sea ducks. They can't harvest um, specific diver ducks or different geese or whatever else. Um, So we started a program basically teamed up with right now we have 11 different outfitters um, we represent. It's called UWC Adventures. And the goal, you know, basically we call it the grade eight with three bonus hunts within that grade eight we put together the outfitters that you could go shoot all 41 species if you went on those eight hunts. So if you're looking for a specific species or whatever, um, we put that together. We put in some bonus hunts to, to offer a little bit more variety too. Um, but we offer that now as well. So guys that are looking to take it to another level versus the DIY, which we love the DIY, you know, it, it's tough probably to do this whole challenge DIY unless you have a lot of friends. <laughs> you got a lot more friends than I do all over the world, you know, the country. Um, that can take right. out on this stuff, but you know, we do have outfitters available through uwcadventures.com and, uh, we actually just launched a new website for that too. So it has a lot more interactive, uh, information. Um, each, each hunt talks about the specific species that you're going to harvest on that hunt, uh, followed by testimonials, um, you know, the prices of the hunts and the different things that are offered. So, and this is, this is a international challenge or it's mainly, so now you're going into stage three with us. So we just launched UWC <laughs> International um, in July of this year. Now we, we're, it's been challenging with everything that's going on with COVID and all the new restrictions, everything else. But we do uh, UWCinternational.com is for that website. Um, right now we have two hunts on there. Um, but we are going to have five hunts on there eventually here. Once everything kind of settles down, we're back to normal. But we do right now, we have a Argentina trip and a South Africa trip uh, that, you know, that harvest different, that you can go on and harvest different species on both of those. Uh, and basically with the UWC International Challenge, the goal is to go on five hunts in five different regions of the world. Uh, 
and there's more information on the website about that too on and collecting three species from each um region to hit that hit that level and hit that monument so wow so 41 is solely for america yep north america and then so, north america and then how many how many other for the international like is so it the international is more of just you know there's no way to track every bird in the world um right the so what it came down to and the other thing too is i mean is it is it part of the 41 though no, or is it no, its own completely separate? separate okay it's right. completely different okay. programs so and the other thing too is there's species if you go to argentina or you go to some of these other ones that you can kill them there in that country, but America may deem those birds as illegal or you're not able to possess them or even harvest them or talk about them. So we've kind of geared the international a little bit differently where its goal is to go on more of the trips and you don't have to go on the trips with us you can go on with any outfitter you want. You know, we offer kind of that liaison though with our trips. So, you know, you're getting a, you know, basically a guide recommended trip um, that you're going to go on that trip. The goal is to harvest three, you're going to harvest more than three species, but the goal is you got to at least get three species on that trip. So this one really kind of centralizes more on the regions of the world, um, versus just the, uh, you know, actually harvesting each specific species, which we can do here in North America. So it's a little bit more of a gear of, I, you know, you're kind of going on, you're having fun and there's not going to be as much, uh, craziness or stress or anxiety going on trying to shoot a red breast or merganser and making sure you get it so this washington trip he he comes to get this bird he missed the best part in my opinion so i'm on in the boat with bakken i'll going to get my uh my harley and I, I hit it. I'm all excited, whatever. And I, I think I was texting Brandon, and he's like, "You're out there now." I was like, "Yeah, just got my Harley. I'm hoping to, you know, make a nice dent in this list." He calls me in the boat, and I was like, "What, dude?" And he's like, "Hold on now, I'm coming out there." And I was like, "Wait, no, no, this is my time. I'm hanging out. I'm on vacation before Christmas. I took time off work. I'm trying to get these birds knocked out for your list." He goes, "Dude, I just need a day." Just come on, please. I'll owe you. I was like, ah, hey, Bach and uh, Crowley wants to come out. He's like, for what? And I was like, that red-breasted. He still hasn't got that shit? I was like, oh. He's like, ah, what's his wife say? I go, I don't think he cares. I think he's just coming out regardless. That, he's like, I guess. But we're we, doing- we have an understanding when it comes to hunting, I guess. But she's a big hunter, too. She loves uh, – yeah, she's, 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 awesome. she's a big you – know, she's bigger than the outdoors, too. She's a so zebra like, killer. I guess. I mean, it's on him or whatever. But uh, trying to get your stuff, as long as he knows this isn't all about him. I was like, yeah, no. It's, he's like, well, we'll do everything and everyone will be happy. So we're like, fine. We'll see you, whatever. So we go to bed. We wake up. He, I think, traveled nonstop, no, no sleep for 40 hours. <laughs> Shows up on his front door, fish jacked. Bach didn't even have coffee yet. I'm like, oh, what's up, Carl? He's like, let's do this. We're like, all right, you need to chill out. We just woke up a minute. We'll go hunt in a minute. It's super early. He's just going to get this done. And I was able to get my stuff, so I wasn't too, uh, you know, I wasn't unhappy about it. We had a great time. It was, it was just funny. He's on one side of the country, and 30 seconds later, he's in fucking Washington, right in front door of Bakken's house. Yeah, that that red-breasted McGansworth is playing catch you me know, if you can, man. Funny, <laughs> tell me, it was one of my good buddies that was in my wedding and stuff. Um, he he was in the Marine Corps. He lives down in California now, and he always just told me that 
hey, we, most of the nights we only got one hour of sleep. We weren't allowed to smoke because you can see a hot butt on there. So we all chewed. And I just always kept living off that fact. I'm like, hey, man, if I'm getting three and a half or four and a half hours of sleep, I'm doing way better than any of the service guys. Because he told me like for like six months straight, they were lucky to get one hour of sleep a night. So it's always going back to these stories that those are the things that stick in your head. So I'm like, even tomorrow, like I got to leave here. At, I'm down in Florida right now. I'm doing some duck hunting tomorrow morning. I got to leave here at 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, hell, if I get five, wow. half, six and a half hours, I'm doing better than probably most of the people overseas right now. So They're lucky to get a nap in that's 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how you guys, you guys you're definitely warriors. And we're lucky and fortunate to have you and have the country we have, uh, you know, with the, everything that everybody sacrifices, but you guys are hardcore. There's no doubt being in the service that you, you're crazy. And what that's what we need. That's, that's what keeps this country going. So I don't know, dude, three, four plane rides, $20,000 per rest of the gator, man. I don't know. That sounds crazy. Another kind of crazy. We're on like the opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think it was just like a race between me, me and Dan too. My partner with UWC was like, who's going to get that last bird? Cause he was fighting with like, he was just like driving up to North Dakota randomly. You know, it's only maybe four hours from our house. He was driving up there randomly just to sit on a pond and hope that a you know a Gadwall, a Drake Gadwall, that would come by <laughs> to shoot it. So we were laughing, but I mean, he was shooting hens too. He was shooting all these hen Gadwalls. I'm shooting all these hens. <laughs> gadwalls. You would think were you guys uh, would be shooting Drakes since they're the experts and the founders, but no, nope, right. <laughs> we yeah. are. Well, hey, it just goes to show, man, that identifying is not as easy as everybody no, says. It's actually hard no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very no, it's cool. Like, I'm hunting with a member tomorrow, Mike Lando, and he's at 39. I'm just looking at our site, and he's down to just a handful. He's whistling ducks and model duck, too. So maybe oh, I'll get to see him, get it. him get tomorrow, it. too. So That's sweet. Well, good luck. Uh, were, you, were you and Dan the first two to complete the challenge? Um, Dan was number one when I had to give up a year. I lost some serious ground. I think we had two or three <laughs> other members in there that slipped in. No, even more than that. I think I was number seven. I would actually, oh, man. I think I would have been number one. I would have been right there with Dan because I think Dan was like, he was either one week after I got back from that King Eider trip or right around it. So we would have finished just right at the exact same time. But it was, uh, yeah, I, lost, I think I was number six. Um, to finish after said and done. I think right now we got, what, nearly 20 guys. I don't know the exact numbers. Alex knows all that information. I can concentrate more on the marketing end of things. But Hey, are you guys are you guys going to give Yeti a trophy when they complete the Hunt 41 challenge on their YouTube thing they're doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, those guys have been great to us because they're promoting the hell out of, you know, the Hunt, you know, the 41 species and stuff to that. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know there was 41 species of waterfowl. No, really I, ju- I just got into waterfowl and uh, hunting literally this season. Okay. First time I went so out with some getting, TFO getting Real quick. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah. I'm getting a dog already. I'm getting yeah. it set up, man. I'm, get, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so learned tons of stuff about that. And I wanted to talk about um, – how many members you get that are new to waterfowl? Like, do you guys attract a lot of new waterfowl hunters you find, or is it people that are already doing it that want to start over that have been hunting for long and they're looking for a challenge? So Something to kind of like, yeah, we don't necessarily track if they're new to the sport or not. We do get guys that 
you know, that sent us emails or call in or Facebook messages saying, Hey, I'm just getting started at this. And we're going, you just hit the gold mine. You're starting from day one, you know, when you, yeah, yeah. you're doing well, but you know, the cool thing and the biggest thing, you know, Dan and I, when we had a lot of thought about when we put this together was we really want to introduce more fathers and sons or fathers and daughters or moms and sons or whoever's going hunting with these parents and kids and getting them outdoors more and really building that. Because if you can start, you know, if, say dad's 35 or 30 or whatever age they are, you know, everybody's different ages now with kids, but in that, you know, that kid just turned 12 or whatever, and he's legal to shoot, you know, waterfall in the state they're at, you know, what better of an experience than to start this journey? You know, you're going to get a really nice custom book from us that has all your species laid out in there. And then you just basically check them off and then write the date in there has a picture of each species too. What's, what's a cooler thing for a father and son to have that book together and they can remember those hunts they went on, the dates they checked off birds and kind of working through that list. That was kind of, you know, some of the engineering when we built this, you know, really targeting that father-son hunt or that parent, you know, daughter hunt or whoever's going, but to getting more kids out. And then we really fell into, you know, more of uh, the, you know, kind of the services with TFO. So it was another area that we really wanted to go after hard and get more servicemen and stuff and then being able to donate back to it. But yeah, kind of to start with that was, you know, really trying to get more, more kids outdoors and, and they're loving it. I mean, when they submit species and they're hitting those levels, I mean, these trophies are great to adults, but they're all that more important and, and, you know, they've earned them as kids. So too. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's a, that's everything I wanted to go over just to make sure that we really drove home what UWC is and what it can do for you and what it can do for the waterfowl community as a whole. Um, you guys got any stories or anything you guys want to throw in last minute? Well, I think you heard my Sorry. life story. I mean, mine, I'm going to take mine <laughs> to my grave. Yeah, I'm stressed out just hearing that oh, shit. I picture you like back living living in waiters, yeah, living in an airport, just yeah, running back I'm and forth like, terminal terminal. I'm worried that you're making my hunt tomorrow is going to be an utter you know, <laughs> distraction or whatever that I'm looking for a specific bird. It is so, like once you finish this challenge and you get through and it get done, there is kind of a relief when you can go out and just say, all right, whatever comes in today, we're going to be more than happy with and stuff too, but it's uh it's a trophy sport there's no doubt with what we've kind of built with uwc but yeah i don't have a lot of you know i have a, a newer lab he's three and a half years old now and i've really i had him for just just one year or whatever when i basically finished my challenge so it's been really enjoyable to hunt with him um you know i don't i don't get to hunt a lot with my brother i just have one sibling but when we do get together and go hunting on waterfall hunts i really enjoy the camaraderie and then i always love meeting new members and stuff that are part of our our foundation too it's uh it's always like any you'll any of the people that have finished our challenge like you said if you talk with them they're always going to have that one unicorn bird that was the biggest pain in the butt to get and mine happened to be that dan's happened to be a gadwall i know other guys that have <laughs> You know, black ducks can be tough if, you know, if you're in the Midwest, good luck trying to shoot a black duck. You got to get out to the East Coast for the most part. And black ducks are very, very smart and very, uh, very picky about what decoy spreads and stuff they like to come into as well. So I know guys that have struggled with that. And then like tomorrow I'm hunting with Mike and Mike is after, I think the black belly, the fullest and the model to finish it. And those are only, you know, in, in certain states down here in the South. And then, um, you know, down in Mexico and stuff too. So 
everything's a little bit, uh, I guess I can kind of end it with saying, yeah, you're always going to have that one bird when you get to close to the end of this. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, Joel. I appreciate you uh, co-hosting this and setting this up. Yeah. Um, we appreciate UWC support to TFO and everything you guys do for us and everything you guys do for the waterfowl community. So thanks again, guys. Yeah, sure. thank you very much.